Welcome to Bedtime Story Adventure 2020, Children's Urban Fantasy. One chapter a day up until Christmas. Chapter 14. Uncomfortable Arrangements. James held the last few feet of the string in his hands. It was frozen solid. In fact, his whole room was sparkling with frost. The bottom of his bed was thick with ice, and when he felt the cover, it was crisp and hard. He sighed, then remembered his mum wanted to speak to him. He took off his winter layers and didn't forget to remove his hat. I've got to speak to my mum, he said to Cece. I'll bring some more fruit up. Want another apple? The monkey was shivering behind his pillow, fur tinged with frost, but she managed a half nod. Okay, I'll be right back. James's mum was sitting at the kitchen table on her laptop while his dad finished uploading the dishwasher. Winter clothes test go okay? she asked. Yes, he said, taking an apple from the fruit bowl and sitting down. Might need some extra gloves in case things get really cold. We can add that to your Christmas list, she said. I've been looking at that Twitchell school, and I have to admit, it looks very good indeed. The tone of his mum's voice told James that there was going to be a hitch. But I found it hard to get any information on prices, which could well mean that it's out of our range. That meant it must be really, really expensive, as his mum's range went pretty high. What about scholarships, he said. Perhaps I can get one of those. Again, I couldn't find much, which could be a bad sign. I've requested a conversation with the principal there, so I'll find out more when he gets back to me. Principal, James asked. What's his name? Dr. S. Whelan. I guess we'll have to wait then. Is that all? His mum gave him a concerned look. Thanks for engaging with this, she said. It means a lot that you're on board. James was pretty sure that this is what his mum sounded like in her work meetings. Maybe now was a good time to ask for a pocket money pay rise but he couldn't leave Cece, and his room needed attention. Okay, night, he said, and left the kitchen table, grabbing another apple on the way. So Mr. Whelan, the inspector, was also a principal of the school. That meant that his deal might be real. And surely a boarding school run by someone that knew all about magic and animals would be better than a normal one. Back in his room it was still cold, the hard frost coating, which had formed on all of the surfaces, had begun to thaw, creating numerous damp patches on the carpet. Cece had made a nest on his bed, using his pillow, his woolly hat, and his dressing gown. He snuggled up next to her and gave her an apple, biting into the other one himself. His recent habit of rushed dinners was taking its toll, and even apples were becoming an appealing hunger stiller. The bottom end of his duvet was still frozen rigid, but the air in the room didn't feel icy, so he got up and closed the real window again. Then he gathered up the duvet and shoved it next to his radiator to thaw out. Any thoughts of doing another test of the key to the air were dispelled by the state of his room. He took the nib and the feather and stored them safely inside the pocket of his coat. There was just enough time to quickly check the Green Hands Gang chat before getting ready for bed. James's room didn't get back to normal temperature until the morning. He ended up sleeping in his tracksuit bottoms, with a hoodie and his woolly hat on, and Cece snuggling on top of the blanket behind his knees. At least the cold meant he was up early, and managed to meet Jenny near the top of his road. 
You feeling cold, she said. Those gloves look like they're perfect for a ski slope. I'm still trying to get warmed up, he said, and opened the duffel bag. Cece was inside, wrapped up in an old Christmas scarf. I tested the key to the air last night. He recounted his failed attempt to learn the location of the mountains through the window in the sky. But at least you can remember the symbol and open up the window, Jenny said. It's a start. Still feels like we're stumbling round in the dark, James said. Take a look at this. It's another part of the puzzle. He pulled a folded piece of sketchbook paper from his pocket. Cece drew it last night. That's me on the back of a giant bird. Jenny took it and paused to study it. That looks like Ralph, she said, tapping her finger on the large dog underneath the bird. And that would make this Elf. So what's this bit? She pointed at a symbol next to the stick figure that could have been Elf. It was a rectangle with a wiggly line in it. I thought that was more writing, James said. A messed up number ten. I think it might be Rask, Jenny said. The snake must be around somewhere. Did Elf say anything about Rask when you spoke to her? James asked. Nothing at all. Jenny shook her head and gave the paper to James. He slid it back into his trouser pocket. There's too much stuff we don't know, James said with a sigh. We need more information. And we need to get into that storeroom in the restaurant to find the book that explains the key. I had an idea about that, Jenny said, but you might not like it. James glanced across at her, but she wouldn't meet his gaze. What is it? he said. Last thing I saw on the chat channel was Juan saying that we could try putting him in a box and having him delivered inside. I think that Wilf already hit on the best idea, she said. So I, uh, I slipped out of dance and down to the restaurant and booked us a table for two for tonight. A table for two? James was horrified. You mean like a date? No, like a reconnaissance mission so we can see what we're up against. I mean, if you'd rather be smuggled inside a box, then... No, I wouldn't. But anyway, I can't go. I've got science tuition. There was more than a hint of desperation in his voice. The booking is for 7.30. You can do your tuition and still make it easily. I'm not sure what the problem is. You were happy meeting number eight in a cafe last Christmas. And if you can't make it, I'll see if Annabelle can come. Jenny spoke in a rather too matter-of-fact tone for James's liking. But she was right. He had survived a date with a psycho, so he could probably get through one with his friend. Okay, he said slowly. I'll tell my dad when I get home. I'm sure he'll be all right with it. I'll say there's a group of us going. They reached the school building. I've got county football practice straight after school today, so I'll meet you at the bottom of your road at seven sharp, Jenny said. And wear something smart. It's fairly posh. What? James blurted. You know, she turned toward the humanities corridor. A shirt and trousers? We want to fit in, not look out of place. Something smart, James muttered to himself. Why do I get the feeling that she's enjoying this? Lessons went smoothly, without any unplanned appearances from Cece. James found that if he regularly dropped something to eat into the bag, the monkey stayed put. On Jenny's recommendation, he'd brought a box full of leafy green vegetables into school with him. And a couple of Freddos too, just in case. It looked like he was going to make it through the whole day without incident. Then, just before home time, he was summoned for a follow-up interview as part of the school inspection. "'I thought we were done with distractions,' Mrs Bridgley said. "'You may as well take all your stuff with you, James. This room is used for film club after school, and you might not have time to make it back before the bell goes.' James gathered his things and followed the year eleven to the same deputy's office he'd been in before. The inspector was as impeccably dressed as ever. 
this time in a charcoal grey suit. He got straight down to business. What did you learn? Nothing much happened inside the Big Top, James admitted. There were some strange dogs that did tricks for the ringmaster. How many dogs? The inspector was staring at the bag on James's lap. Nine, James said. I counted. Plus three other adults. There was also another big dog that looked like a wolf, and a girl. A girl? James and Jenny had agreed to keep their friendship with Elf secret, but it would be suspicious not to mention Dangerous Delphine. She performed with the big dog, made it do some gymnastic dog tricks. It looked like the ringmaster was wary of the wolf. Dog, the inspector said. You said it was a dog. Yeah, but it looked like a wolf. After that, we got into groups and got the small dogs to do tricks. While that was going on, the ringmaster took notes in a big black book. Ah, the inspector leaned back in his chair. She's using the animal interactions to determine who should go on her list, to see who gets recorded in the watch list. The watch list? The black book. Details about magically affected children around the world. That's what we need to get our hands on. I think you and Jenny need to leave this to me now. What about the kidnapped animals, James said. Shouldn't we find them first? They're not so important. The watch list is the priority. We can't let the ringmaster disappear with it. And the girl, is she important? James was not sure that the inspector really was on the same side as him. If she's working for the ringmaster, then she might also be dangerous. Don't worry, I'll take her into account. So that's it, James said. You don't need to know anything else? What about the king under the fort and the other animals? They will be safe once the watch list is in our hands and the ringmaster is neutralised. Did you have any thoughts about boarding school? James wanted to argue about how important the kidnapped animals were and that there was not any evidence that Dangerous Delphine was evil. But he knew that if he got angry, he might give something away about Elf. My mum thinks the school might be too expensive, James said, feeling more and more like going to the inspector's school might not be a good idea. I'm sure we can come to an arrangement. I've emailed your mother about a school visit on Sunday. Once you and your family have had a look around, and I've sorted everything out here, I'll look into scholarship opportunities. The inspector was gazing blankly at the duffel bag again. It would be best for you and Jenny to avoid the big top for the next few days. You don't need any more help? James asked. I'll be getting some extra help for the operation. The inspector relaxed back in the chair, not concentrating on James or the bag any more. It will be arriving at the end of the week. The ringmaster should get through examining all of the Patcham students by Friday. We won't act before then. So no going near the big top until after Friday, James said carefully. Make it Saturday just to be sure, and then next week we'll start working on your admittance to Twitchell's. It was after seven when James reached the bottom of his road. He was still wearing his dark grey school trousers and shoes, but he had managed to find a shirt in his wardrobe. It was a bit tight, seeing as it had been bought for a wedding the previous year. But it would do. He jogged the last few metres with the navy duffel bag swinging in his hand. Jenny was there already, wearing a dark dress under her waterproof jacket. You're late, Jenny said, setting off at a brisk pace. It's easy for you, James said, hurrying to keep up. You don't have a monkey to get ready. I mean, you did want Cece to wear smart clothes too. Jenny stopped dead. You've dressed Cece up. No, James said. Strangely enough, I don't have any smart monkey clothes in my drawers. 
but I thought it would be a good idea for her to put her dog fur back on, just in case. He opened his jacket and revealed a shabby brown Cece sitting in the netting pocket. They got moving again. It was a twenty-minute walk to the restaurant. James used the time to recount his meeting with the inspector. So he doesn't care about rescuing the animals? Jenny sounded disappointed. The only thing he was interested in was the black book, the watch list, and it sounds like he's going to try and get it on Friday night or on Saturday. So we only have two days to find the Falcon and the Empress, Jenny said, filling in the gaps. They'd better be at the Engineerium, and we'd better be able to find a way in. There's so much we don't know about, James said, and we need to warn Elf. The inspector thought she was probably on the ringmaster's side, so she could be in danger. They cut past the Prince Regent swimming pool and stopped in the passage that ran down the side of the restaurant. James shifted Cece into the duffel bag and gave her a carrot to chew on. It was strange seeing her in the dog costume again. I can't believe we ever thought she was a dog, Jenny said. The Empress was right. We should have seen through the disguise immediately. With Cece comfortably away, they rounded the corner to the restaurant. James let Jenny take the lead, suddenly feeling strangely self-conscious about their restaurant reconnaissance rendezvous. He had the sinking feeling that this friend date was going to be harder than facing the ringmaster. It was too late to back out now, so he followed Jenny inside. <laughs>